I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to Jewel Says. I'm Julie Jules. If you have something you'd like to share, you can email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. First, I would like to wish a happy birthday to my son-in-law, Bobby Kay. It's his birthday this week. I love my two sons-in-law. There is an incredible comfort in knowing your children are with a partner who gives them the love and respect they deserve. And you know, Jules says, no man is better than the wrong man or woman or non-binary partner. Interestingly, it has recently come to my attention that some listeners are not aware that I'm Catherine Ryan's mom, which is surprising because I assumed that was the only reason anyone listened at all. Who knew? So for those one or two people, you must listen to Catherine's podcast, Telling Everybody Everything. Oh, and get her book, The Audacity, which will be available in paperback soon and I contributed a chapter to the audiobook. If you're in the U.S., though, it's not available. I don't know how the publishing deals work, but you can order it from Canada and have it shipped. It's not that expensive. I order stuff from the U.S. and have it shipped to me all the time because usually you guys can get things that we can't. Plus, she is touring her show, Mrs., in the U.K. and some EU countries, and in L.A. the end of April. I get to be in England to hold down the fort while she's gone. And she has specials on Netflix and a show on Amazon Prime and lots of other stuff. Just Google Catherine Ryan with a K and treat yourself. I've mentioned it before, but I've been turning down IT contracts for almost two years now. But I still feel incredibly guilty about not working as hard as I used to, which means that I'm having a hard time enjoying the things I thought I always wanted to do. I'm taking courses, auditioning a lot, producing audiobooks, volunteering a little bit, writing and producing this little podcast, but still, the effort is nothing compared to my IT job. 40-hour weeks in that world were light weeks. The norm was usually 50-plus. Both Abe and I at times exceeded 90 hours a week, although he more than I did. And even when you shut down, your mind is still churning, trying to solve problems, trying to come up with better solutions for whatever it is you're working on. 
And very often you go to sleep and you dream about the work if you can sleep at all. And it's a bit of a challenge for project managers because I think a lot of times the stakeholders or decision makers set deadlines that can feel arbitrary or just for those of us on the ground trying to make it happen, sometimes they seem like they're pulled out of thin air, not at all based on the actual effort required. Then you have team members who say they'll do something, but they just don't do what they say they're going to do. I don't know why. Maybe they're too busy. Maybe they don't realize how important their tasks are, that they may be dependencies for other people's work. Maybe they don't understand what they're supposed to do, or maybe they just never intended to do it at all. I know it's hard to believe, but I swear some people will smile and nod and agree, even if they have no idea what is required or if they have no intention of doing the thing. I'm not kidding you. I've seen this happen, and these people just still manage to be employed. Now, sometimes, I'll admit, there could be language barriers, and in some cases, there seems to be cultural resistance to asking questions or just coming out and saying, I don't know, or I don't understand. I always freely admit when I don't know something, and then I set to work to investigate to find answers. I think admitting you don't know fosters trust, and I'm not about to lie to a client. All that is to say that a lot of the reason I feel guilty, I think, is that Abe is still on that hamster wheel working all day into the evenings, losing sleep over some of the challenges, and he's working most weekends and holidays, too. We don't get paid extra for that. That's just it comes with the territory. But I'm not doing that anymore. And even when I was taking IT contracts, I have to say I was a lot better at setting work boundaries than Abe seems to be. But I learned that when I was going through Carrie's celiac disease diagnosis in 1989, which I talk about in episode Finding the Fire. But watching Abe work and stress really brings the guilt home to me, which is ridiculous. He's also only 45. I certainly had to work my butt off when I was 45. And I used to spend my weekends doing housework, laundry, paying bills, bookkeeping for the business, working on the rental property. Abe did a lot of, well, the lion's share of the work on the rental property, but I definitely was engaged in helping where I could, food shopping, prep, etc. And if you add to that the travel for out-of-town contracts, the idea of taking time to do something fun just becomes unappealing. When you're that focused and you're that busy, it's just easier to not bother. So what's been happening seems to be every spring, we vow to ride our bikes more, go to the beach more, just do something on the weekends when the weather is nice. But invariably in the fall, we realize, again, it didn't happen. So I guess now that I'm the one who's not super busy, it's up to me. As we were driving to the airport on Easter Sunday for Abe to head out on a business trip, I said to him, when I get home from Kelowna, I'm going to England. From there, I'm going to Kelowna. And when I get home, I'm going to start scheduling one fun thing to do every weekend. Because if we don't schedule it, it isn't going to happen. We'll fall into the old habits. And I will take myself to the theater on my own, even if Abe doesn't want to go, or I go visit friends. But I feel guilty if he's just working all the time and not enjoying his life. He's entitled to enjoy life, too. 
So when I suggested that, I just, I asked him, are you okay with me going ahead and scheduling something nice to do on the weekends? Or is that going to stress you out even more? And he agreed. He agreed that it was a good idea to do it. So yeah, go ahead. Then the pause. But you'll have to check with me to see what I have going on. (laughs) There it is. And I just said, no, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. You have one life. You have to enjoy it. You have a Monday to Friday job. I completely understand that sometimes that work can bleed into Saturday and Sunday. But really, the work bleeding into the weekend should be the exception, not the rule. So I suggested, how about you let me know if you have weekend work that you just can't defer? Our default position will be, we're going to do one thing nice. So we'll see how that goes. And I'm not talking about anything huge. I'm not talking about going away for weekends or anything like that. I just mean making sure we take one day or even an afternoon every weekend to maybe ride our bikes to the waterfront, go paddleboarding, rent a kayak, go to a museum if the weather's not great. Our winters are so gray and shitty. In some parts of Canada, the winters are cold and snowy and bright and beautiful, so you have better opportunities to enjoy winter sports. But in Toronto, they're really gray and slushy and shitty and icy and ugly. And I just feel like life is too short to hold yourself up indoors seven days a week when the sun is shining. So that's my new plan. Hopefully that helps with... I, I'm hoping if he takes breaks too, it'll help with my guilt a bit if he's also enjoying doing something fun because I think that's part of the reason I feel guilty. And if he can't make it, I am going to do those things by myself. I enjoy my own company and I'll try very hard not to feel guilty about leaving him behind. (sighs) Guilt is a monster. In last week's episode, The Band... I talked about the band I was in back in the olden days. But I also talked about the emotional cesspool of sadness and guilt. And of course, Ukraine is top of mind, which makes me think about the Ukrainian lady who lived with her grown son in the semi-detached house next to ours. The other side of our house, Alexandra and her son Walter. We bought this house in 2007, and Abe started gutting it for the renovation. It was built, I think, in 1906, and it just needed to be gutted. Not even to the studs, because there were no studs. It was double-brick masonry with plaster and lath. So it was gutted to the brick. The entire back end was ripped out. We had to replace joists. It was major. He dug out the basement. Now, when we started this, I was still working in Sarnia, and I would come home weekends. I was living with another friend of mine. Donna is her name, not my sister-wife Robin back then. And our belongings were put in storage in Sarnia, and Abe stayed in the Toronto house and lived on the third floor for as long as he could. We had a bed up there, a little beer fridge, one old kitchen chair that the previous owners had left behind, an old table, and a microwave. One of my friends actually used the house as a set for his short horror film. It was called The Stranger, in which Abe also starred as The Stranger slash Vicious Murderer. My friend 
sent me a picture of him in that role. I'm going to post those on the Facebook page, Jules says, in case you're interested in checking that out. Eventually, though, it got too cold to stay in this house with no heat. And of course, Abe had to remove all the plumbing and electrical to replace it. It's all 100% brand new. So we rented a dingy little basement apartment two doors down, which was very convenient because he could just come and go back and forth. And he had his own home to go to to use the washroom and eat. It was quite dingy, I will say. The oven didn't work, but you know, it was warm and dry, and the location for us working through this renovation was perfect. So until I found a job in Toronto at the beginning of 2009, I used to come home on Friday nights because the company didn't want me working remotely. Sometimes I came home during the week if I had auditions. There were times I would drive back and forth from Sarnia up to three times a week, but my norm was to come home Friday night And then I spent the weekend going to the laundromat. Obviously, we were in a little basement apartment. We didn't have laundry facilities in there. I would buy and make a pile of food so that Abe could just reheat it when I was back in Sarnia. And then I also helped with the renovation work where I could. And then I headed back to Sarnia Sunday nights. I very rarely saw Alexandra's son, Walter, during the day. But I did often see him in the laneway at night. You know, houses in downtown Toronto are narrow and close together, and parking spots and garages are typically behind them and accessed via rear laneways. So I would see Walter both when I pulled in from Sarnia late Friday night and when I headed out Sunday nights. I used to leave maybe between 9 and 10 because I prefer to drive at night. There's less traffic, and I'm more wakeful then. Walter was probably, I would say he must have been in his early 50s at the time, and he would emerge at night wearing a jaunty cap and a motorcycle-style jacket, get in his car, and drive off. Abe and I were quite curious about where he would go in his, as we called it, his YMCA outfit, but we never found out. I mean, we didn't. We're not nosy. We didn't make a point of investigating it. It's just that It did pique our curiosity. And of course, Abe did get to know him a bit since he was working here all the time and occasionally saw him during the day. Walter apparently worked from home but was never specific about what he did. And he never seemed to take the car out during the day. Maybe he did to get groceries for himself and his mom, but that might have been it. Now, Abe slaved physically over that renovation, probably 12 hours a day minimum, seven days a week. He got very lean and muscular. We called it his construction body. I'll post a pic of that on my Facebook page too. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Handsome Abe with his construction body attracted the attention of some of the local neighborhood ladies. There were a couple of them who would regularly stroll by as he was working outside. And, you know, I wasn't around to see it. So for him to notice it, it had to be pretty obvious. One time when he and his two brothers were working on the concrete pour, one of Abe's neighborhood fans strolled up and asked them if she could get them something to drink. And Abe's brother, so naive, said, oh, thanks, some water would be nice. Of course, they were working too hard to stop and replenish their own water. That's the luck come in work ethic for you. Abe said he saw her walk up to the corner store and buy them bottles of water, which was kind of embarrassing. He felt badly about that. And the neighborhood men would also come over to watch. He had he had some fans, both men and women. And he, he did have to turn down a lot of offers to do other people's renovations. And of course, Alexandra kept a keen eye on Abe's work. And she was definitely one of his fans. More than once, she would grab Abe's hand and deftly pull him in for a kiss. It was actually a move that she had down pat. He'd have to quickly turn to avoid the kiss on the lips. She frequently asked, You speak Ukraine? No, Abe would remind her, we speak English. I sometimes tried chatting with her when I was home, but I could tell that it was difficult for her to understand me. She would smile and politely nod. She never pulled me in for a kiss. And we did manage to get bits of information. She had lived here since the 50s, so I wasn't sure whether she was somehow forgetting some of her English as she aged or whether it was a hearing impairment. Maybe it was easier. You know, I think it makes sense if you emigrate as a, an adult to another country and have to learn a completely different language. It probably makes sense that if your hearing starts to go downhill, you still understand your mother tongue better. I don't know. But maybe she never really learned to speak English all that fluently. After all, Toronto is a mixed bag of many immigrant communities, so it's entirely possible to have immigrated to a place like this and never having to learn to speak English fluently just enough to maybe get by at the grocery store, especially for a woman in the 1950s or 60s who may have spent the majority of her time at home looking after her children and the house while her husband went out to work. And even the guys who go out to work, depending on what their line of work is, they may go to work. Like if you're on a construction crew and you're working with a bunch of Portuguese or Italian guys, you're speaking Portuguese or Italian at work. If you're working in IT... I mean, I used to be in situations where people just didn't speak English at the office. They could speak English. That would be the business language. But I'd be in a huge room, open area, with people speaking lots of other languages. English wasn't the conversational language for them. But most of the Ukrainian neighborhoods in Toronto are west of us, so 
I don't know. It seemed a little strange if they were Ukrainian that they chose this location. We're situated between Koreatown, Little Italy, Little Portugal. And even though Greek Town is a few miles east of us, there were two Greek social clubs around the corner. It's almost like our neighborhood had these predominant cultural and immigrant influences, but you had a smattering of a lot of other things, too. And there were these two Greek social clubs around the corner. I think they may have been rival clubs. And there was always a bunch of old men hanging around those Greek clubs. Never the women. Never. They would sit around on their old-timey kitchen chairs, smoking, chatting, outside if the weather was nice. And whenever I walked by, they would all fall silent and stare. I used to jokingly refer to them as my fan clubs. One day, the men must have had a few drinks because one of them said to me as I passed, kind of under his breath, You have beautiful blue eyes. Thank you, I said. And then I thought to myself, blue and red, just like my father, Ted. But Alexandra and Walter and all the neighbors were incredibly patient about the disruption the renovation caused. Abe did sometimes push the noise bylaw boundaries on more than one evening, But no one ever complained. Abe used to also fix things around the house for Alexandra. She sometimes rewarded him with an egg. Not a pie-sunky or Ukrainian-decorated egg, which apparently represents wealth, health, fertility. Just an egg. Abe didn't have the heart to tell her he was vegan. It felt like it was a meaningful gift. And we both kind of wondered why Walter wasn't stepping up with the home maintenance. I mean, even if he didn't know how to fix things himself, you would think a 50-year-old, a 50-something-year-old adult living with his mother would handle hiring someone to help if he didn't know how to do it himself. Walter was an enigma. While Abe was demolishing, we had a huge dumpster in front of the house. We had multiple dumpsters. They were filled and collected regularly. And in Toronto, you have to be careful about what goes into the dumpster because The Toronto Waste Management Program requires separation of different materials for different purposes. We can't just fill a dumpster with anything and everything and then haul it off to landfill. That's not how it works. He used the old kitchen chair as a step to dump containers of waste into it. Alexandra used to come outside, walk over to the dumpster, and toss food waste into it, not even in a bag. Like, she'd come out with chicken bones in her hand walk over to our dumpster and just toss them in. And of course, Abe had to fish that kind of garbage out because you can't mix the waste. And he reminded her, asked her to please not dump garbage, but I'm actually not sure whether she understood what he was asking her to do or whether she just forgot every day. One day, Abe came outside to dump a container of debris and his kitchen chair was missing. Alexandra had taken it, wiped it down, and put it on her porch. Apparently, not only had she forgotten, she obviously had to have seen that Abe used it to step up to dump debris, but apparently she had forgotten. Or it wasn't obvious to her that the chair was positioned beside the dumpster for a reason. Alexandra was a bit of a character. One 2009 afternoon, not long before we moved into the house, Walter emerged with a giant blood-soaked bandage on his neck. 
which was partially covering a huge lump. I mean, huge. I would say the diameter of this lump was maybe tennis ball sized. We were concerned. He didn't come outside often during daylight hours. And I think that may have been the only conversation that I ever had with him. He usually just talked to Abe. But we both expressed our concern. I strongly advised him to see a doctor. It could be an enormous abscess or a tumor. But he assured us that he knew what it was and that he had it under control. And it's not like we were close to him. It was really none of our business. But we could tell he had clearly attempted some kind of self-surgery on that thing. A few weeks later, he asked Abe to help him with an issue with his car. And he could barely speak. He communicated by gesturing as much as he could. And when he did have to speak, he would turn away from Abe because he wasn't able to keep the saliva from running out of his mouth. And his speech was garbled, virtually unintelligible. What he, but he did try to say as little as possible. And I'm pretty sure Abe tried to convince him again to see a doctor. Meanwhile, I was working downtown, no longer commuting. We were busy working on completing the interior of the house. We were sometimes going to hot yoga at a studio around the corner. And Abe would put the yoga mats outside on our second floor roof, just outside our third floor window to air out. The air outside didn't smell as fresh as usual, and we seemed to be getting more flies than usual. But the Toronto garbage strike was in full force. The summer was getting hot, so we didn't really think much of it. Then one night, Abe opened the window to put the mats outside and immediately slammed it shut. How could the smell of garbage be worse on the third floor than on the ground floor? It just, it didn't make sense. I got ready for bed, and as I laid in bed, Abe walked into the bedroom, still brushing his teeth, with this wide-eyed look of shock on his face, like there was some kind of an emergency. He turned around, rinsed, and came back with, I think Walter is dead. And I kind of went numb. Like, what? Why? That smell, he said. When did we last see him? I couldn't actually recall, but it wasn't unusual for us not to see him often. And now that I wasn't commuting, I would never, I wouldn't have any reason or opportunity to see his nocturnal comings and goings in the laneway. And I wasn't home during the day. Plus, Abe had grown up in the country, and he knew the smell of rotting flesh. Oh, shit. Should we call the police? Let's leave it till morning, he said. If he's dead already, it's not an emergency. Needless to say, it felt a little creepy going to sleep in the room next to the room where we were now sure a corpse lay and had lain for who knows how long. I know Abe is going to correct me on some of these details when he listens because I'm telling you how I remember what he told me and he's not here to confirm. But the essence of the story is really the point. The next morning, I went to work, and Abe went out onto the roof to look in the window to see if Walter had died, but I'm pretty sure once he got out there, he didn't even have to look. The smell outside was enough to confirm what had happened. So he called it in. He told the dispatcher that they might want to bring a social worker or someone who speaks Ukrainian. His mother's English isn't the best, and she would no doubt 
be traumatized. He heard footsteps stomping up and down the stairs next door, and one of the officers came to the door, maybe to take a statement or just let him know. She happened to be a woman. Shortly after, another female officer came to the door. Then a third. As much as I'm glad to see gender equity in our police force, I was quite amused that three separate female officers called on Abe that day. I asked him if he was wearing a shirt or if he offered any of them a cocktail. Anyway, apparently they asked Alexandra when she had last seen her son. Yesterday, she had said. But he had clearly been deceased for at least three weeks. As one of the officers told Abe, the bugs were gone. How could she not have smelled it? Apparently, it didn't smell too bad on the main floor, which was where Alexandra stayed. We knew her memory wasn't the best, so, so maybe it made sense that she wouldn't have a concrete recollection of time when she last saw Walter. It made me wonder, didn't he normally come down for meals? And there was a huge assortment of herbal remedies in his third-floor room. We never did find out how exactly Walter died. I have no idea to this day whether it was a tumor, an abscess, or an infection from his attempts at self-surgery. Alexandra's granddaughter moved in with her, and a few years later, Alexandra passed away at home. But I think about her often because Ukraine is in the news so much, and I picture her face. I look back fondly on the little things she did, like dumping the chicken bones in the garbage and taking the chair, and she'd say to Abe, you fix it? And he would fix things for her. And I'm kind of glad that maybe she didn't really understand what happened to her son. I can't imagine how terrible it must have felt to lose a child. Hopefully, she wasn't fully aware and maybe if she were still alive, she wouldn't remember or grasp what's going on in her home country today. But I think of her often, and I'm kind of glad she's not here to see it. Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share with me, please email me at jewelsays at gmail.com or DM me or comment on my Facebook page. I'm leaving for England this week, so I know I'll have a good week. And I hope you make time for something fun. You deserve it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.